Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Pat. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Well, at least according to our mothers. Yes, absolutely. All right, Miles. Well, what have you been brewing lately? Well, uh, I have been brewing something we have right in front of us. Oh, so we'll talk about that in just a minute here. Yes. Um, I, on the other hand, haven't done much. I bought all the ingredients for our test batch. Cool. That's step one. That's step one. And so now we just got to get the actual brewing process bit done. Yes, yeah, so when are you available? Uh, that's a really silly question. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks from never. Fair, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> um, that's pretty much how it usually ends up. Well, since you haven't had time to brew, what have you been doing? I've been working and drinking. A little bit more of the latter than the former, to be completely honest. Have they crossed roads much? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, yeah. Well, I went, went to the RenFest yesterday. That was that was fun. I haven't gone yet. I've got, I went to the State Fair, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's an expensive day, man. It was bad. I, I went on the last day, so it's like most okay. of the animals were leaving. And... Yeah. All right. Well, I guess why don't we go ahead and just dive right into this beer in front of us. Why don't you uh, give us a rundown of what it is? All right. Uh, so I've talked about the one-gallon beers that I've been making um, with my makeshift setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first two recipes were really, really big ones. And we tried one um, last podcast. Uh, it was the Old Ale. The, the old ale, the, yeah, the American strong, and that yep. one was pretty good. Like that one. Yep. Uh, so I made that one, and I made a stout, and I was not getting the numbers I was expecting to be able to get, and that mm-hmm. was very upsetting. Um, and so what I did was I just designed a quick recipe, uh, this one, which I call baseline number one, just simple pale ale, uh, just to see what my numbers should be like. Okay. You know, what, what I what I can expect and how I can modify my procedures. Uh, so what it is, it's about as simple as it gets. It's two pounds of two-row for a single gallon, if I was going to scale it up for Casey over here, uh, to be 10 pounds of two-row. Then we have two ounces of crystal hops at 60 minutes, three-quarters of an ounce at 30, and three-quarters of an ounce at five minutes. Okay. And now it's special is that uh, my girlfriend's sister, uh, her boyfriend, grows hops. And he had this crystal grown in his backyard. He picked it, uh, dried it, packaged it, and then it sat for uh, in a freezer for a while before okay. I got my hands on it. And so I figured, hey, why not? I'll just you know use it to see how it's turning out here. And so that's what we have here. Okay. Very cool. Um, well, I... Sorry, and for those wondering, I fermented with USO5. Yes. Okay. So, the first thing I noticed about this beer is the aroma. It smells yeasty. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you're getting that or not. Uh, so, it just, like... It does. Yeah, just a little bready and just some just a, just a touch estuary. Not, not a whole lot. Um, so I'm not, and I'm not getting a whole lot of hop aroma. No. Which which is something I would expect in a pale ale. Exactly. Um, visually, though, it looks great. 
Uh, great color. Uh, maybe a little on the lighter side, but not much. Yeah, it's probably because uh, I went straight to raw. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I would expect. I mean, I've my smashes are about this color. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the nice white head that sticks around long enough. Good lacing. Like good beer. Uh, that like visually. Um, flavor-wise, uh, that yeast is coming through again for me, and I'm getting a very soft bitterness, and I I expect something a little bit more firm, a little yep. bit more biting with a pale ale. Yeah, and uh, let's see, if we were using real, you know, like store-bought, yep. store-bought uh, crystal hops, I would we would have expected this to be right around 33 IBUs. Okay. So it's it's right in that range. It's not it's not the biggest range, but it would have been in there. And yeah. I'm, I mean, at this point, it's it's clear to see that these hops had had aged and the mm-hmm. alphas had had dropped off considerably. Yeah. Um, then the mouthfeel is just a little thin for my taste. Uh, uh, if, if I had to guess, uh, probably a combination of problems is that I over over yeasted, overshot my yeast. Count. Yeah, that 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 was that was uh, my first uh, guess. Here is you might have overpitched. Yep, and that and it's entirely possible that was the case, because uh, I I just guesstimated with a packet that was you know designed for a five gallon yeah. batch, and this was a one gallon batch, so it's mm-hmm. easily I might have put in two or three times as much as I reasonably should yeah. have. Yeah, and I mean it it happens. It's it's not an undrinkable beer. It's a good beer. I don't know if I'd call it an IPA. I feel like it falls closer to maybe like a blonde like an american blonde almost like an american mild or something yeah just just a little bit light uh lighter on that scale yeah it doesn't have enough uh hot bitterness punch to Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a table beer yeah uh and honestly if i if i were to do this beer i would do um like some pelletized uh like crystal for your bittering Mm -hmm. and then maybe dry hop with the fresh yeah and that's I think I think that would have been a better a better uh example of a pale ale. And you still would have gotten that fresh flavor from the wet hop. It wasn't wet. Oh well all right, not wet hop, but uh but the, the whole leaf. Uh, the whole leaf from yeah. that the homegrown whole leaf. Yeah, yep. And so I don't know. That's that's just what I would have done. Yeah, basically, I just inherited some hops, and I felt yeah. like using. I had no idea what to expect, and all things considered, I'm not disappointed. No, just, there's a lot of potential that was not reached. Yeah, I just I, I feel like uh, especially if you're if you're not sure where those hops are going to be, I think using a known quantity in the boil, and then using the unknown quantity as a dry hop will give you better results. Yeah, Over. or at least uh, more reliably uh, to style. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of did it on a whim. Mm-hmm. No, it's and it's not bad. It's like gorgeous talking. Yeah, no. Now, now I feel like I'm covering. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have to. I mean, like like we said, this this cla- or this would be classified as a table beer, and you know, as far as like a double sided experiment goes, yeah. I you know I'm not. I'm not upset with that. Oh yeah, for sure. And this was the uh, the first growler I filled. Okay, I, I did a transfer from directly from the primary into growler with nothing but a tube. Yeah. And so the first one turned out fairly well. Yeah. Uh, the second one got a lot of yeast. Yeah. So this is this is number two, right? No, this is the first one. Oh, this, this is the first. This one. was the clean one. I drank the I drank the other one so that 
Was shit. it yeastier than this one? Yeah. It's because yeah. I was drinking yeast. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what, what did you learn from this experiment? Uh, I am learning, now that I'm having uh, more of these single gallons come through, that I'm not a very big fan of USO5. I'm not either. It's not a great yeast, in my opinion. I mean, it, it, it ferments just fine. I don't like its off flavors. It almost comes off as this weird pseudo belgian yeah. mildly estery, not quite it's, fermenting. It's not meat. clean enough for me. That too. Yeah. It's just, it. no matter what you do, you're going to get a crazy amount of yeast character with USO5. I might switch to SO4. Yeah. Yeah. You really like those dry yeasts. It's what I have available yeah. at the store that I can get for cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I really love my 1056. Oh, like, for good reason. If if I'm if I'm just you know if I want something clean, crit 1056 yeah. is my go-to for pretty much everything. One of these days, I'm just gonna culture it. Yeah. Just have it sitting in mason jars at home. <laughs> yeah. So what else did you learn? Uh let's see. I learned that. If I'm going to use homegrown hops, I should probably overshoot as opposed to undershoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a, that's a good uh, thing with whole leaf in general. Always, always add a little bit more than than yeah. you think. I just because they don't seem to, uh, they're not as consistent as pelletized. Yeah, whereas pelletized, you can, I mean, they've put it through machines and testers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and what you're getting is what they're telling you you're getting. Yeah. Um, no, the other thing that I found out is my one gallon setup for two pounds of grain is like a perfect seventy-five percent efficiency. Okay, so that's an, I mean, so I can reliably, and that's what I've been or started doing after that was, if I'm going to make a one gallon batch, I start with two pounds, and then I kind of you know shift things up or down from there depending okay. on where I want to be. Very cool. We should almost uh, go talk with uh, Mike Fredrickson from Pitchfork. They only use whole leaf in their brewery. That is awesome. Yeah, so I think he would have some good tips for whole leaf well, utilization and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, uh, one of the big things is that this, these hops were aged for like a year and a half. Yeah. So, so I mean, that would, that would be the primary thing. Otherwise, they, were, they had a beautiful color. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just this nice, beautiful, um, translucent pale green. Okay, not like dark pale green, like yeah. a lighter, yeah. brighter kind of pale green. It was, yeah, they were I the was way hops like, are supposed to look. Right, exactly. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, why don't we uh, dive into our discussion for today then? Cool. And our beer does just that. We are talking about hops. Oh boy. Do we have a quiz? We have a quiz. Oh, man, I'm so excited. We haven't had a quiz in like two weeks, three weeks. It's been about three weeks. Three weeks since a quiz. <laughs> I'm so going to win this one. I've been studying my, well, no, I haven't been studying. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to let you finish that thought. I was going to see where <laughs> it took you. All right. Uh, hops are a perennial plant of the Cannabaceae family that also includes the genus cannabis they are used uh, they are used to in beer hops provide bitterness to balance the sweetness of malt sugars as well as flavors aromas resins that increase head retention and antiseptics to retard to retard spoilage okay that's a very quick concise yeah overview 
All right. <clears throat> Casey, what Miles. is the traditional three uses for hops and how are they achieved? Traditional three uses for hops yes. in, in beer? Yeah, in beer. Like, okay. Uh, let's let's just say we're just brand new. We're not going to be complicated. What are the three different things that would be achieved with hops? Bittering. Yep. Aroma. Yep. And flavor. Yes. Ha ha! Uh-huh. And how are they achieved? Yes. Okay. So bittering is uh, in the boil. All your bittering hops and some of your well early in the boil is your bittering hop. Yes. Late in the boil is your aroma and some of your flavor hop. And then dry hopping is where you're going to get most of your flavor hop yep. and aroma hop. Absolutely. All right. This this is fun. Uh, this isn't exactly a right or wrong. This is just to see what uh, what you're all aware of. This is uh, there is a menagerie of other ways. What to a use, word! Right of other ways to use hops. Can you name a few? Uh well, there's first wort hopping. Go ahead. Did you have that one on the I list? did. Okay. I did. I'm just okay. going to try and, and right. tick mark these as you go. Okay. There's, there's the first war hopping. Yep. There's the mash hopping. Yep. There's the hop back. Yep. Um, I guess the Randall would be another one. Yes. Um, let's see. First wart, mash, Randall, hop back. I guess Sierra Nevada has their torpedo, but that's essentially a big hopback. I, 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 it's true, but I had, the, I had it on there. Okay, okay. Um. Oh man, I don't know. Okay, okay. So, uh, you can agree or disagree as to whether or not uh, these fall under the category of this particular question. But I have dry hopping under there because it's not. But we had already discussed dry hopping. I know, I know. Um, like I said, you can argue one way or the other. I'm going to argue that I that it did. Does not blow. Okay, uh, fresh hopping. What is fresh hopping? Well, fresh hopping is using hops that are literally fresh off the vine within a day or so. That is not something that is typically available to home brewers, and not something that's considered every day. Okay. Well, see, I thought it was just different ways of putting no, hops in the beer. No, no, not I different mean, types of hops. No. Okay. So I also have. Um, I didn't know what to call it, but I called it tea hopping. Um, and it's very similar to first wort hopping, except it happens after the boil. Okay. Uh, and so this was one of the ways that we used, uh, we used to, or for a hop addition in our uh, fresh hop that we made a couple of years ago, we um, did the boil and then we cooled it down to 185 and kept it there and stirred the hops in uh, for about half hour to 45 minutes before uh, finishing the wort chilling, and then proceeding. It doesn't seem a whole lot different than flame out. Well, I, I well suppose flame out is still is still uh, at those higher temperatures. Yeah. Um, it was a thing that Eric said was a thing, so I, I just kind of tossed it in there. Uh, the short version is there's just so many different things. To yeah, do. but there, a lot of these are uh, very controversial in if they actually add anything to the beer or not yeah. especially first wort and mash hopping yep um nobody can really verify if there's anything actually coming through with that uh i feel like the tea hopping might be very similar that way yeah um like the 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 ones that we know work are the dry hop the uh, like you know, your boil additions and stuff like, yeah. and your flame yep. out and dry uh, hopping, and then yeah, and I feel like you know, a ho- and one well, of the hop back is essentially yeah. a, 
I don't know. They're semantically different. Yeah. And that's that's really what it boils down to, but it gives you the same thing. Yeah. In a different way. Anyway, I just thought that was a fun question. It is a fun question, and it definitely brings up a an interesting discussion. Yep. Uh, let's see. What are the four primary ways uh, with which you can purchase hops for use? Uh, pellet, plug, leaf. I said four. You said three. I said four. Did you say four? I Question three is, what are the four primary ways? Oh, okay. Pellet, yeah. plug, leaf. And... Um, I actually have pellet and plug as the same thing, or as close enoughs. Okay. So I don't know get, if I've ever seen any. Uh, um. Okay, so I have pellet and plug, whole leaf, fresh or wet, and then extract. Okay, I forgot about extract. I feel whole leaf is very close to fresh or wet, just it hasn't been dried. Yeah. That, uh, and if pellet and plug are close enough, and plug is closer to... Whole leaf than pellet. I suppose. I suppose. Fine, I'll change it to five. <laughs> and I'm still wrong. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, it's just that each one has their own terminology. Mm-hmm. Is is part of yeah. what defines them as being different for me, uh, or at least for the purposes of this quiz. Okay. Well, why don't we discuss each one a little bit in depth? Yeah, here. go ahead. Um, so uh, I guess let's start with pellet. So pellet is when they they take the the cones and chop them up into itty bitty tiny pieces and then compress them into a like a little pellet looks like rabbit food. Yeah, pretty much. And that is uh the most standard way with uh with which you'll see homebrewers use. Yeah, and that. it's the most stable, I believe. Uh it's the most stable, it's got the longest shelf life and it's almost the most reliable as mm-hmm. far as um replicable standards. Yeah. Uh, and then you have your, uh, I guess, pel- uh, let's do a whole leaf plug. Sure. Uh, so a plug is basically whole leaf, which is just the hop cones. Dried uh, out. Dried out and uh, kind of compressed a little bit into like into like a cylinder shape and then chopped up. Yeah. So it's, it's like a, they took a big loose pellet and cut it into pieces. Yep. And the primary reason for wanting to use those is... Ease of measurement, because mm-hmm. they come in at like uh, two plugs per ounce. Yeah, and so you can say if I want half an ounce, this is exactly half an ounce right here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then Olaf is just dried cone. Just dried cone comes in a vacuum sealed bag. Yep, and they are messy. Then your fresh wet is fresh. just that. It's a, it's a fresh hop cone, right off the vine. Still has all the water weight. Uh, yeah, just wonderful. wonderful and then your flavors. extract is the newest form, I believe. Uh yes and no. I like, well, it's yes, yes and no. For at least on the homebrew level, it's I feel like it's fairly recent that we've been able to get it in any quantity. Well, okay, so I guess there's uh, two uh, quote unquote extracts. I mean, this could have like two subcategories because if you look at like uh, Mister Beer Kit, you get uh, hopped liquid wort extract. I don't know if that kind of falls under the same thing. I don't think it does, because okay. I'm talking about just hop oil okay. extract. Just just the liquid bitter? Yeah, liquid okay. bitter. I, not I, not necessarily like a hopped malt extract, because okay. I, don't, I don't feel like that counts as when we're talking hops. Okay. I could be wrong. I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, you end up getting the hops in your beer without having to deal with veg, vegetal matter. Yeah, but it, I feel like that falls more under like a malt extract, a different type of malt extract. Fair enough. All right. 
Uh, yeah, the the liquid bitter, the black goo is what it looks yeah. like. You you get a syringe that comes in a vacuum sealed bag, and that's and you just squirt it in, and it gives bitterness to your beer. And it gives uh, the the plus to that is you get a very uh, exact amount of IBUs. Yep. You know exactly what you're putting in your beer. And it actually changes uh, for gravity of boil. Yep. So that's a thing to be aware of. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, the other thing that's nice is you don't have to worry about um, that much more trub or just yeah. that much well, more and stuff. Well, it, it does, and it doesn't uh, really put in a flavor addition. Exactly. Kinda, so it, it's it's like using super concentrated warrior at 60 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it would be interesting to see what just a um, hop extract pale ale would. I, f- would I come feel like out it as. would just be bitter. There wouldn't be any of that like nice floral, well-roundedness. Yeah, it would. It would just be uh, bitter. Should we try that? I don't know if I want to waste beer <laughs> on that, we, it, it, but it, I, I kind of do want to try it now. It, it's intriguing. Yeah, we'll talk about it off air. Well, maybe maybe we we do. Uh, we do a batch, and we take a gallon off and just ferment that, and then the rest of it we dry hop just to bring out some actual flavor. It would definitely be a cool way to look at uh, dry hopping flavors from a particular hop. Yeah, it would. Ooh. All right, we'll talk about that for our next <laughs> for okay. our next thing here. Okay, question four. What is your process for when you're choosing a hop to put into a beer? When I'm choosing a hop, yeah, this there's no wrong answer. Okay, here. this is just yeah. What um, do you do? Well, let's give give me a particular style. Like, let's talk uh, pale ale. Pale ale, because we have one here, American and, pale ale, and it's we both brew them fairly <laughs> well. I, I think I brew one more frequently than you do. Uh, I think I've actually made three in the last six months. Oh wow, that's that's more than you S- usually do. Single gallons, but oh, okay, but yeah. So uh, I like the. The fruity, uh, citrusy hops. So I look at, uh, first, I want to have as few varieties in a beer as possible. So I'll look for something that has a medium medium to high level uh, alpha acid for my bittering, but that fits in... With the rest of the what you're going for. Yeah, yeah, just in case any of the flavors come through. Something that will meld with, like, whatever I'm using or, for or my lot, flavor. Or at least not be a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 the first thing. Choose something high alpha for your for your 60-minute edition. Medium to high, so you don't have to use a lot of it. Because, yep. I mean, I could use six ounces of Fuggle if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there might be a drawback to that. <laughs> You'd have a crap load of trub at the bottom, <laughs> but if you're it, six ounces of fuggle at sixty, wouldn't be like. And then, I don't, I don't think you'd really get a whole lot of other flavors. Maybe a little vegetal, but it'd be interesting. I mean, I've never used just retarded amounts of hops to obtain a bitterness. Yeah, because why would you? It's expensive. It's expensive. It's unnecessary, and God, there's just easier ways to do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, look for something high alpha. Uh, Warrior's a good one. That's thirteen yeah. percent uh, usually alpha acid. Simcoe. Uh, Simcoe. I use a lot of Simcoe. Yeah. Uh, or Amarillo. Um, you know, yeah, Amarillo. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then look for something that you 
that you like the taste of for your later editions for your for your thirty and your flame out edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I I have a question for you, Miles. Where do you put in your flame out? Like like when when during the uh, I usually default to about five minutes. Uh, either that I do I. I guess not, yeah. not necessarily a flame out. Uh, so I I've stopped doing fifteen minute editions, and I move all of my fifteen minute edition to my flame out. Okay. My theory behind this is, when I turn off the flame, and put in my, like I can't. Uh, it's I'm still super hot, and I'm still super hot for probably a good half hour when I'm doing ten gallons. Wow. Okay. Because. Like I mean, I I might be able to bring it down to like two hundred in fifteen minutes, but I feel like if I do it at zero, that's what, essentially a fifteen minute. What is your method for chilling? Uh, I just have an immersion chiller. You do okay. Yeah, and it still takes that long. It's such a volume of liquid. Okay. Okay. And I have a very small like the one I have is made for five gallons, and I put it in a ten gallon. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, uh, that actually makes sense, and that would be, that would be a discussion like, not when I should change my additions, but yeah. to consider how long it actually takes me to chill my beer. Mm-hmm. Um, because as an example, Eric and myself, when we would brew, uh, we'd get a gentle stirring for a five gallon batch going on with the immersion wort chiller. Yep. Careful, not, careful not to splash, but uh, we can get it chilled within. 12, 12 to 15 minutes yeah. usually. Oh, no. And when I was doing five gallons, that's where I was. I was yeah. I was very, like, 15 minutes, I was down to temp. But once I doubled that liquid. Just took so it, much longer. It takes so much longer. And so now, like, I don't even bother stirring anymore. <laughs> like, I just throw it in there and let it go. Yeah. Uh, no, and that makes sense. And so it makes, uh, it's a perfect concept to yeah. cut yours back. Uh, but for the most part, I have recently been falling back on the 60, 20 minute, and five minute editions for hops. Why a 20 instead of a 30? Uh, Do you think that 10 minutes really makes a difference? I think it makes enough of a difference. Um, I haven't made enough of them, or I made it, I have not made enough hop based beers to really come up yeah. with, with a true and concise answer. The numbers look pretty. Uh, yeah. Not gonna lie, yeah. um, and that's that's what I think about sixty thirty zero. <laughs> yeah, yep, and and I think uh, at least at thirty minutes that it's you know you're you're kind of getting to the point where you're getting rid of any flavor and aroma, and you're just turning you know the larger portion into bitterness. I don't know. I still feel like I get a fair amount of flavor at thirty. Do you? I th- I feel like I do. Okay. Um. Yeah. I still just I like twenty. I, yeah. I have no like. No, it's that's basis. that's fine, and that's the best part of a home brewing is like, I don't really have anything to back up my I like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Except it seems to work for me. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I haven't had anything wrong. I would have to probably really sit down and and work at you know devising experiments to uh, jump back and forth. And, yeah. And come up with them. All right. Uh, well, next question. All right. How many hop varieties are there? Uh, that is an impossible question to ask. <laughs> answer. Because there are new varieties being made every day. Pretty much. Uh, 
just to put it in scope, Wikipedia has 120. And I bet that article is out of date because there are so many experimental varieties and stuff like that. You know, I, you, you should look it up. It's surprising, or I will say, how many are relatively available, not yeah. like this is the one plant in the world because mm-hmm. I, you know, cut genes and yeah. stuff. Um, but no, Wikipedia does reference 120, okay. and that is actually really impressive. It's it's very impressive. There's so many different... And I use maybe 20. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't get outside of, like, usually 10 to 15. Though I, I need to start working with some, some of those New, Ze- New Zealand hops more. That's, uh, because that's, I really like the melon characters that they bring forward. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, that's uh, what Eric has a tendency to do is he's like, oh, new hop, let's, you know, do something yeah. with it, anything. Though, like, for, for my for my standard stuff, you know, I like, you know, I keep my I keep my pale ale pretty West Coast, pretty standard, yeah. Simcoe, Amarillo, Citra. Actually, I use Citra and Amarillo more than I use Simcoe because if you use Simcoe wrong... Simcoe can get out of hand yeah, fast. Yeah, very, very quickly. Um, or, you know, I'll just do a, a straight, like, Cascade Centennial type deal. Gotta love the C's. Yep. Anything that starts with a C. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, just for some of the, the newer listeners out there, we're just going to go through some vocabulary really quickly. Okay. Um, what is what is an alpha acid, and what are the implications? Alpha acid is the bittering component of the hop. That's That's the acid that we extract during the boil. Yes. That we isomerize, if you will. Uh, yep, exactly. Uh, so what I have uh, precisely is the chemical pon- compound in hops that, when isomerized by boiling, gives bitterness to the beer. And then I kind of uh, rephrase that, and I say, the higher the alpha acid cont- content, uh, the more bitterness potential. Yeah. So, yeah, alpha, like, when, we, when we're measuring IBUs in a beer, we're measuring the alpha acids yep. that were added or that were isomerized by the beer. Yep. What is isomerization, and what is the implication? It's the implication. Sorry. Um, <laughs> little It's Always Sunny reference there. Yep, always. All right. Uh, so isomerization is the, uh, I guess, the chemical process of taking the alpha acids and converting it into the bitterness in the I, I no no I mean that that's pretty yeah. much it like I wasn't expecting you to have like you know science book mm-hmm. definition here um, but it is the chemical process in which a compound is changed into another with uh, the same like the same pieces but a different shape yeah basically and the longer the boil the higher the isomerization rate uh, in hops and it What's actually happening is the things in the hops that give bitterness do not dissolve in water. Mm -hmm. And the isomerization process changes them just enough so that they can. And it takes a while. Yep. So it's like the longer you're willing to devote to... And that's why we boil for 60 minutes. That's why we boil for... Well, it's one of the reasons, but yes. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's that's the big one because you can do a no-boil beer. You can, and we've done it. We've done a... We did a no-boil beer leaner vice. Turned out pretty well. We want to do it again. Yeah, uh, you just gotta be on top of your sanitation. Yeah, it was it was. Gr- I was elbows deep in sanitizer the entire day. <laughs> I was walking around like a zombie. <laughs> All right, uh, what are the lupulin glands? The lupulin glands. Yes, those are the glands that turn you into a werewolf. No, darn it. 
Those are the lycanthropic glands. Oh, the lichen glands. <laughs> <laughs> what are the lupulin glands? Uh, they are this. If you look at a fresh hop, um, they are the small, bright yellow nodes at the base of each of the hop petals, uh, and they contain the alpha acids and the essential oils used by the brewer. Okay. So it's like if you ever, if you're ever looking at a hop, you can peel back the the petals basically or the leaves, yep. and you see this grainy looking yellow stuff. And it's like you can smell a hop, but if you dig some of that out of there, you can smell the hop. <laughs> it is intense and it is awesome. Uh, okay, and then lastly, what are essential oils? Essential oils are the flavor, com- the flavor and aroma compounds of the hop. Yep. Uh, basically, it is the gooey, oily stuff that comes out of those little yellow nodes and that actually contain pretty much everything we just talked about. Before this, yep, yep, they're they're they are where the magic happens, and we love the magic. We do. All yeah. right, so, yeah. So that's the that completes my quiz for today. That completes the quiz. I win. You do. You did really really well. I did well. Ah. I got a gold star today. You got right. two gold stars. What? What? I don't know if I deserve two gold stars, but I do feel like we need to wrap up because we are a little bit over time this week. How much? Only a couple minutes. Okay. So it's not it's not as bad as we were uh, when we went when Two we had the meltdown ago. show. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this show or any of other shows, go ahead and, and uh, you can support us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash studios or if you go to blindnewsstudios.com and click the patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Patreon is like a recurring tip jar uh, where you can give as little as a dollar a month or more and we give you something in return. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, or you can click on our Amazon affiliate link at the bottom of our homepage. Uh, you click on that, do your regular Amazon shopping, and Amazon gives us a little bit of a kickback, so you help support us while doing your regular shopping. It's fantastic. Everybody wins. If you have any feedback on this episode or any of your other shows, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindnintostudios.com. Or if you want your beer to be judged by, uh, like t- judged or talked about, uh, you can uh, send us an email, and we'll get in touch with you, and we can set that up. All right, uh... You can follow, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blind ninja studios, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>